When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Song Facts Podcast. I am your host, Corey O'Flanagan. Thank you so much for being here. And as always, this podcast is proudly a part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. So far, the Song Facts Podcast hasn't had any jazz musicians. Such a shame. But you know what? That changes today with the pure vocal talents of Samara Joy. Samara is making her mark with her live shows and a new album called Linger A While, dropping September 16th. But for a proper intro, I would like to turn it over to Miss Regina King. There's so many different things with her voice. And then I discovered a young woman who just seems like Sarah Bond is in Ella Fitzgerald are both living in her body. But Samara Joy, uh, if anybody has the opportunity to check her out on YouTube, this girl looks like she's about 16 years old and opens up her mouth and literally, it sounds like she is, like like if you close your eyes, you would think you're you're hearing Sarah Vaughn mm. and you see this face, this beautiful, precious baby, if you will, and just all of this power and emotion comes out. And when I watch her and when I listen to her, it just she just her name is Samara Joy and she, it brings me joy. Say yes, good looking. Let me share your life. You're to me everything that is divine. So won't you be a sweet pumpkin? Say that you'll be mine. You know something? I'm in love with you. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited about this because you've. It's like coming into fall season, and when the weather cools down, two things happen with me. I start to like drink a little bit more just like whiskey on the rocks and I listen to a ton more jazz and I don't know how that correlates I don't know how cool weather and jazz correlate for me but it always has <laughs> mm-hmm. um but let's kind of let's get into this Bef- you've got your debut album we know linger a while is going to be out here uh September 16th so very shortly after this episode drops and but before I get into asking you some questions about that, I just kind of wanted to get a little bit of history. Um, how did you start singing and specifically start singing jazz? Ooh, I started singing when I was, I want to say when I was like in fifth grade. The first song that I remember singing, no, no, no. The first song I sang was definitely in church, but um, it might have been like, uh, Oh, Happy Day. Okay. And then... <laughs> And then in fifth grade, I had my first solo on a Jordan Sparks song. And um, middle school, I kind of did you know musical theater and plays and was in choir and everything. Um, but I didn't start singing jazz until really the end of high school. There was a band teacher who asked if I would be um, 
a part of the band and sing a couple of songs, you know, just for school performances and things like that. Um, and so I agreed. I learned, I only knew one standard and I didn't even, I didn't even explore further than that, you know. So I guess my introduction was then, but I didn't explore further until I actually got to college and went for jazz studies, <laughs> which sounds like, you know, completely opposite but you know I, I was there and I was immersed in it and I was surrounded by musicians who loved it and it made me want you know to learn more about it the fact that I'm you know born and bred New Yorker and I didn't know about this music in this community um, it just it made me want to explore yeah it's it's interesting to me because it doesn't seem like a natural I mean I guess it your voice suits it so well, as people are going to discover as they listen to this, because we are going to play some clips from songs. But it seems like most people, especially as you're younger, like the the idea of going into music is to go into pop and go into something that like is what you're hearing mostly on the radio and stuff like that, instead of like taking this other route that you've decided to go. Did you kind of flirt with that idea, or was it always just like, this is where I resonate? I think that um, I have my favorites from pop music, you know, both uh, older and contemporary. Um, and I think that um, I had done a couple of gigs like with my dad, you know, doing a string of just, you know, different kinds of songs, R&B hits and pop hits and things like mm -hmm. that. Um, so I was definitely familiar with it. I don't think that I was ever a part of, you know, what I wanted to do and I it's no I guess no disrespect to the genre um but I feel and I was thinking about this recently it's like I feel so at home in jazz and in singing jazz I feel like I can grow and I can explore because every time I listen to uh, whether it's a musician or another or a singer um I feel inspired and I'm like okay this is you know I can I can um grab what they've you know done and contributed to the music and sort of add my own thing but it's still inspiring it's like this is where you know this is the origin of it this is where it comes from this is like the the essence of jazz and I'm thinking about like Carmen McRae and Sarah Vaughn and you know musicians that I love like um, Phineas Newborn Finest Newborn and you know Wynton Kelly like just you know listening to them I'm like this is so inspiring that they were able to you know create basically create this genre and um, I feel at home in it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's as good as answer as any. I mean, just like mm -hmm. you have to like respect the history of it in order to be doing what you're doing. I feel like I think that mm -hmm. that's very important. And from what I've been able to hear so far, you're doing an incredible job of that. So thank you and keep going. Um, okay. So this is an interesting question because this is your debut album, I, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Or, so, or number two, second. Sorry. Okay, first, that's all first, right. First album, sorry, first album on a major label, though. <clears throat> first album on a major label. Okay, that's what, there was something along the lines that this was, like, the first one. But I w I'm so curious about, like, if you had any expectations going in to record this versus um, expectations versus reality in that recording booth and, like, getting together with the musicians and picking the songs and doing all that. And I wonder if there's anything that you could share with us where you were, like, Leading up to it, you knew you were going to do this, and now you've hit this moment, and you're in there, and you're like, oh, this isn't quite what I thought. Well, when we went into the studio, um, I had been on tour for uh, a while. I think I started, yeah, I started going on tour, you know, in like 
June, July, that kind of thing, of 2021. And by the time we went into the studio, it was March of 2022. Um, and I don't think we had chosen a label yet at that point. We were mm. still like, okay, we're going to pay for the album ourselves and then shop it around. And hopefully the advance that we get pays for the album. Yeah. Um, but expectations versus reality. Well, I knew that I was like, this is the sophomore album. And the first one, you know, did surprisingly well in the midst of a pandemic. So I, I definitely want, but it was also, it was recorded in October of 2020. And I felt, at least when I listen to it, it's like, I feel like a baby. My voice is like, you know, <laughs> underdeveloped compared to, you know, what I've been able, and it's still developing, but, you know, developing uh, on tour and on the road and stuff like that, like hearing me sing in October of 2020 versus this album, it's like night and day, at least for me. That's wild. Only 18 <sighs> months. It's, I mean, a lot of gigs in a short time, a lot True. of gigs in a short time and a lot of time to learn and to explore and, and, and play and add new repertoire. And so um, when it came time to go into the studio, I was like, okay, what have I added to the repertoire? What do I want different? And um, I had been playing with guitar up until that point and there's still guitar on the album, um, mm -hmm. but I connected with the piano player who was also on the record. Um, and I also invited a couple of my friends from school, SUNY Purchase, where I graduated uh, from undergrad, um, to come and arrange. And although they arranged four songs for me, only one uh, horn arrangement made it onto the record. It's with um, tenor saxophone, trombone, and trumpet. Stay tuned for more Song Facts Podcast right after this. Song Facts Podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you've been listening and following along, you know that I've been talking more and more about mental headspace and getting help for that. Because without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. Well, the good news is that therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It is whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're just feeling insecure in relationships or at work. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and to start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to because during those highly anxious times or some of those lowest lows, we know it's just hard to put ourselves in front of anybody. This is much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. So join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And a special offer to Song Facts podcast listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash songfacts. That's betterhelp.com slash songfacts. Thank you again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this show. Okay, so we've got the latest single out, and if correct me if I'm wrong on this one too, but it's um, "Can't Get Out of This Mood." Can't get out of this mood. Can't get over this feeling. Just can't get out of this mood. Last night your lips were too appealing, and the thrill should have been all gone by. 
It's only arms I'm out um, Which I'm sitting here researching this and putting together this outline over the weekend and listening to all these fabulous songs. And so this is recorded almost 70 years ago, or maybe over 70 years ago at this point. And you you have this IG post where you talk about one of your favorite lyrics on there. And I'm wondering if you could kind of share that with us here today, because I just, I loved listening to that. That's the kind of thing that, like, you really picked out these specific lyrics and just spoke about how those spoke to you. Mm-hmm. And I was just wondering if you could share that again with us here today. Oh, yes. Uh, on Can't Get Out of This Mood. Um I really love the way the story flows and the way it, you know, it describes being in that feeling of being in love and getting yeah. butterflies from seeing a person. But um, the specific moment that I highlighted um, is the part of the song. It's like the thrill should have been all gone by today in the usual way, but it's only your arms I'm out of. So I was like, you know, this is a perfect romantic kind of thing. It's like, I should be over this. I should be, you know, I'm, and I think about it like myself, it's like, I'm, I'm from the Bronx. I shouldn't be, you know, getting feelings <laughs> like this. But, you know, but instead it, it, it's, caught, it's caught me, you know, like there's another song called It Could Happen to You, mm-hmm. like love, <laughs> hide your heart from sight, lock your dreams at night. It could happen to you. So that's what it also made me think of is that song. So being from the Bronx, what does that mean? You're just supposed <laughs> to be a little bit more thick skinned and hard and not like open up Tough. like that? Yeah. <laughs> I rode the subway and the bus. <laughs> but my dad did pick us up and drop us off from school most times. So I got a, I got a little balance of, of tough and, and sensitive. Okay, well, that allows you to be a little bit more sensitive then, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what does it mean to you to like really look back, knowing that, that a song like that was written 70-some years ago? And from what I could tell, that's been recorded like almost as much as any song. Like, what's... What does it mean to you to like pay homage to that kind of thing? I think it's, I mean, I feel great about it because when I heard it, you know, similar to how I find a lot of songs, like when I first heard it, I was like, this is so sweet. This is so cool. And the singer who interpreted it that I heard it from was Sarah Vaughn. And she captured, she captured the quote unquote vibe. (laughs) She captured the vibe of the song so well, because sometimes, you know, it's like you sing it. Some singers like they sing a sad song, but then they sing it fast. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Like I'm, you know, torn between the message and the and the attitude that you put on the song and everything. But she just captured the essence of it so well, and I wanted to try to do that same thing for people and kind of reintroduce the song, um, but hopefully um, convey that same feeling that that Sarah Vaughan did. Yeah, I think he did it really. I mean, it's it's not easy to like sit there and and rewrite these things and and like you said, you guys are putting it together in just a little bit different way so it has your own unique touch on it, but still being like we want people to understand that we're respecting the original artists and all the people that have recorded it along the way. I think that's a lot to like take on in this kind of circumstance and from what I can tell, you've been able to do it really well on the majority of this album. Thank you. The one that really catches my eye because I'm such a huge fan of his is um, Round Midnight by Thelonious Monk. Let our hearts take wings Round midnight Midnight Let the And so I discovered this this weekend while I was getting ready for this interview 
this is one of the most recorded standards in history. I don't know if you knew that. Like, that's crazy to me. And yeah, I'm just wondering what about it resonated with you and what made you want to put your own personal little stamp on it? I learned the song um, in school, like as a part of repertoire class. And I was like, okay, this is is a beautiful melody. It's very popular. I listened to Ella sing it. It's gorgeous. Um, But the, the song resonated with me the most when I heard Carmen McRae on uh, this this TV show called Jazz Casual. Mm-hmm. Um, and she sang it, but she sang it with um, John Hendricks lyrics. He's a lyricist, vocalist, you know, he's write lyrics over solos and things like that. But he wrote alternate, you know, lyrics to this, to, to Round Midnight. And I was like, I can't even, like it just hit, it, it made the, it like the melody is always great on its own, but having yeah. those combined with those lyrics, it just, I was like, I can't believe, you know, it's just so deep. So I, I wanted to, and I, I noticed that those lyrics aren't often recorded. Um, and so I wanted, if I'm gonna, you know, do a version of the most popular song, you know, the most, one of the most recorded standards, <laughs> I might as well do the lyrics that nobody's heard before, even though they recognize the melody. Yeah. What you seem to just gravitate towards lyrics from what I can tell, like based on a couple of your Instagram posts, I think you you do the same kind of stuff on TikTok, the way that you're talking about this and and doing it your way, but being like, we're going to use the melody, but we're going to use these lyrics too. Mm. Is that a big thing for you? Is it like, do the lyrics, the way that they were written and everything, do they need to resonate with you? Do you, for you to consider it? Or will you take something on that you're like, I don't maybe quite understand this, but I'm going to just do it and see if I can like push through it. Do you have to feel it is what I hmm. guess I'm asking. Hmm. Well, I think for me personally, I only choose songs that I resonate with. Yeah. Um, but I do know like the history, the hit, like in the history of being a jazz singer, most times you go into the studio and they choose all the songs for you. So some of my favorite records, they didn't choose their own songs. It's just, you know, they were they were like, okay, go into the studio, sing these, you know, 10, 15 songs, and then, and they made them all sound amazing. So I'm like, yeah. at the same time, you know, maybe I can take a song that I don't necessarily resonate with at first. And it's like, how can I make this, you know, if it's already a good song from the start. You yeah, know? yeah, almost like, <laughs> like, a, almost like a challenge though. Yeah, almost like a challenge. Because it's like, if I don't like the song, then, you know, then I just would like the lyric content or anything like that, then I just won't do it. But if it's a song where it's like, okay, I can, you know, it's a solid, it's a solid, you know, composition and, and the lyrics are okay. So what can I do, you know, if I can do anything, you know, to make this um, come to life? So it's not just notes on a page. Yeah. Um, okay, I want to talk a little bit about the um, the touring side of things, because like you said, you've been doing a lot. And um, I saw some videos on, on, on the old YouTube that you were doing. You got to play the uh, Newport Jazz Festival this summer. Can you just tell us a little bit about what it was like playing that legendary festival? It's something that I've, I've always wanted to get over there to mm. that part of Rhode Island, and I haven't yet. I know I will, but like, that to me just must have been like when that opportunity came. I'm just so curious what what that was like. Well, honestly, it was it was a very it was a sweet moment because it was a long time coming. In that okay. I won the Sarah Vaughan competition and the Newport Jazz Festival was a part of my winnings, and so I was supposed to play in summer of 2020. Oh wow! Like I was, I won the competition in 2019 and I was supposed to play in 2020, um, and then it didn't happen. 2021, it was. A, a much 
you know, it was scaled down a lot. And so I didn't, I wasn't, you know, I didn't go back to perform then. So two years later, you know, I finally, you know, um, get the chance to perform. And I honestly feel like it's for the best because I wasn't, I definitely wasn't as uh, mature, you know, and I'm still growing, but I wasn't, you know, as yeah. mature then in what I wanted to do and in my, you know, repertoire and my voice or anything like that as I am, as I feel like I am now. So I think it worked out, you know, it, it definitely all worked out for the best, but it was like, oh, okay, it's it's finally happening, you know? Yeah. It's like this, it was this thing that was once in the distant future, you know, it's coming up on me. And when I, when we got out of the car and walked over, you know, to our, to our, um, our like little green room, I was like, I can't believe I'm here. Like, this is, this is the place, you know, it's something special about being there. And definitely, you know, a lot of artists are also on tour and are also doing their own thing. So for us to be able to be gathered like that in one place, um, it was really, really surreal. Like people I follow on Instagram and seen from time to time, but never got the chance to meet in person or people that I haven't seen in a long time. And I got to see them again there. Like it, I was running into, Taylor can tell you, I was running into so many people at the um, at the at the Newport Jazz Festival, it was ridiculous, but it was great. It yeah, was really great. D- that's kind of like a nice life lesson too of get, winning the competition, being mm. scheduled to play it at a certain time. A global pandemic happens, and now that all of a sudden doesn't work out, mm. it's pro- at like you're probably a little bit anxious, and you're like, yeah. "Oh no, let's do this, let's do this." The waiting <laughs> was hard, and then now that you've done it and you had to wait whatever it was a year and a half to be able to make it happen you can look back and just like what you said, like, you know what? That was what I needed. Like, cause I do, I probably wouldn't have had the performance that I had mm-hmm. had I done it when I was supposed to. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What an amazing thing. Because I mean, I think that happens a lot in life. Like there's so many things that we have control over, but there's a lot more that I've found out that we don't have control over. So it's like things happen for a reason. I think mm. you've got a ton of dates, um, scheduled here coming up. Um, Unfortunately, Denver's not one of them. Oh, but yeah, we, I did see. Did we go? Did you? Did you? Add? Yeah, we played in Dazzle. Oh, okay. Right. Well, I did see that I could maybe drive. It's either Santa Fe or Albuquerque. You're doing something not too yeah, far for me, so if I can make my way down there at that time, I'll definitely come and hang. Um, but the the touring aspect of things is always so interesting to me because you your voice is so powerful and you. I, from what I can tell in your live performances, you you obviously just try to bring it every single night. What kind of things are you doing to make sure that you you know you can go on this length of a tour and 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 make it make it work every night? It's so intense. That's the way somebody <laughs> described it earlier, or another day. It's like how is touring? It's intense, and I was like, yeah, intense is the perfect word. Yeah. But um, I find that drinking a lot of water and making sure to eat as healthily as possible <laughs> and, you know, you know, getting greens and, and fresh food whenever possible, as well as like maintaining my voice. You know, I bring a, um, I bought a mini keyboard um, and I haul it in a Patagonia backpack <laughs> so that, you know, when I get to the hotel room, I can like practice my scales and, and exercises and stuff like that in order to uh, maintain um, agility. <laughs> yeah. And um, I think, uh, yeah, I just, I, I really, the simple things, it's like rest, drink water, you know, hydrate, um, and, and um, maintain, you know, I, I actually just, I took a, a lesson, a virtual uh, lesson with this classical singer, his name is Michael Trimble, um, and he's 80, 
five years old wow. and he's still singing. I mean, he has a very, very powerful voice. And that always fascinated me too. It's like um, with classical singers, they had to sing over orchestras and they, they had long careers, long careers with the same, you know, healthy voice that they started with. So it's like, how does that, you know, beyond genre, how do you do that? How do you um, produce, how do you, how do you practice healthy vocal production? And so um, I learned a lot from him in that lesson as well uh, about maintaining the voice. And hopefully I can apply those same tips so that I can keep, keep on singing. Yeah. I mean, I really like that because I think that a lot of things can be short-sighted, right? Like you can just be like, I'm just focused on this album and this tour, but I think it's a better way to think about it, to be thinking more long-term and being like, I need to exercise this and, Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, with the, with the gift that you're bringing to the world, protect that for all of us. Mm -hmm. Um, Samara, I can't thank you enough. I'm going to remind everyone again, Linger a While is coming September 16th. That's going to be just a couple days after this. I can't imagine how excited you are for that to finally happen. Mm -hmm. It's been such a long time coming. Thank you so much for spending a couple minutes with me and uh, and sharing some of your story and, and especially the song stuff. That's why we're here. That's what I love to talk about. And I just appreciate you digging into that a little bit. So so thank you and, and really good luck with the album. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you again to Samara for coming on and chatting. Guys, that album is called Linger A While. It is out September 16th, so be sure to check it out. And as always... For the stories behind the songs, go to songfacts.com. See ya. Get your song back. Get your song facts back here. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.